a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Okay, I have a simple question. Are you having fun? I mean, I'm not just talking about in your dating life. But are you enjoying your life overall, or are you bogged down with a lot of stress and seriousness right now, and that it's so hard to find that joy in anything? And if this is you, I don't care how many apps you're swiping, dates you're going on, or parties you are attending, if you are not happy and having fun, then dating is going to feel hard, and it's no wonder things aren't progressing in your love life. And you can do all the work, you can go to therapy, you go through the motions of dating, but if you are stressed out, depressed, or burned out, all those efforts will backfire for sure. I mean, life is supposed to be fun. Dating is supposed to be fun. And yes, there is a little bit of pressure to find someone you click with, but that doesn't mean you have to take things too seriously. In fact, again, that backfires when you try to go at it too seriously. Instead, try to approach dating with more of a lighthearted attitude and don't put so much pressure on yourself for dates. I talk a lot to you all, you know, like a lot of you, and I'm really happy you do this. You take the opportunity to have a free call with me and everybody can do that. You just click the link you see in the show notes. And the number one complaint right now is that you're just not having fun and you're not even laughing in your life. I remember there was this woman when I first spoke with her, and she just had no joy in her life. She was numbing out, swiping on profiles, working 12-hour workdays, taking care of everybody else but herself. And she admitted that she really didn't have time or energy to date, but she still had this strong desire to meet someone and have some fun in her life. And what we uncovered is that she was just busy being busy because really, that was where her confidence was and that she had a hard time letting go and being playful and having fun. And of course, this was all tied to her childhood where she experienced some emotional abuse and she had to survive by holding things in and pleasing her parents by taking care of things and being a high achiever. So she also was really scared of dating because due to the repeated patterns of toxic relationships that she had later on, it actually became, the work became her love shield to protect herself from getting hurt and rejected. And so the first thing we did together was carve out playtime. I know that sounds really like elementary, but That's what she needed so that she could incorporate some laughter and lightness in her life. And we actually had to schedule that on her calendar. We put on her calendar in bright pink (laughs) playtime because it was the only way to force herself to do that. And she started taking improv and dance lessons. I always make my clients do that, as you know, and just getting out into the world to be more social, talking to strangers. And then she signed up for my co-ed dating retreat program, which was awesome for her because she really needed that practice to learn how to date without auditioning men, because that's what she was doing but feel more sexy in the body, be more present, have fun. And after six weeks with this community of men and women, she learned to let go and really be herself. And by the time she got to the retreat, 
I kid you not. She was sporting her red dress. She was wearing the cat ears that I made everyone put on. Well, not the guys, but the the women. We were salsa dancing, and she was really comfortable in her body dancing with the men. And there was this huge breakthrough she had where she realized that there was a lot of emotion that she was holding on to. And after that program, she started dating up a storm. And yes, dare I say, she actually was having fun, not just with men, but in her life. It's okay to have a few bad dates or not hit it off with every person you meet. Dating is a learning process and taking the good with the bad is important. And dating may be more complicated now than it used to be. I'm not going to lie, but it doesn't mean it has to be a chore. On the contrary, you can make the process more enjoyable by stepping back from technology, (laughs) approaching dating in a lighthearted, joyful attitude and focusing on the present moment and just being yourself. So with me today is the queen of happiness, I'm calling her, who is going to help me talk about how to create a joy makeover in your life so that you can attract a happy and fulfilling love life. She is known as the joy magnet. I love that. She is an an international motivational speaker, number one best-selling author, and joy coach. She has built a community of over 150,000 followers and has reached over 10 million people. So inspirational. Her deep commitment to others is motivated by her own journey through childhood sexual abuse and other childhood traumas. And at seven years old, she found herself having to use her voice on a witness stand to testify against a man who had abused her. She now uses her voice to speak around the world of self-worth, mindset, overcoming obstacles, and how to live a joy-filled life. Sherry Elise, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. I like, I couldn't wait to have you on. I mean, you and I met at Blue Talks with Corey Poirier and like, it's like we talk about the law of attraction. It was instant attraction with you. <laughs> I loved your whole message and your energy. And I, I didn't really know much about you. I just knew that your joy it just animates from you because like you just, you radiate that and um, you kind of like walk the talk, talk the walk. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. I was excited to be here. And I appreciate you saying that about people, you know, when people hear the name or, you know, when I come in the America's joy magnet or I get people often think of this whole toxic positivity thing. And Uh, I went through years with that though, from, as you shared about, you know, the childhood stuff. Uh, But the reason why I believe that I exude that is because I went through the darkness to come out the other side. And I make sure, as you said, you know, to schedule time that I schedule that joy time. I love it. Well, I, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear more about your story. I mean, obviously, I know it's a painful one, but also I talk about this a lot. It's usually our adversity that are gifts in disguise. And that's what kind of thrusts us into doing what we do and inspire others. So I, I would love to hear more about that. And then what kind of segued into what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. So the interesting thing about my story is, you know, I've been sharing it since I was seven years old, because I actually, uh, when the abuse happened, it was by a stranger, but I had actually told on 
the man. And so I got on a witness stand and spoke out and spoke up and prosecuted the man. So it feels like I've been sharing this story for, well, it has been decades. It, it has uh, been. Yeah. That just feels and, like it has been. <laughs> it has been. And, you know, it was, and I'm just going to age myself because whatever. It was, it was 1981 when it happened. Mm. And nobody was talking about that at that time. You know, I mean, there was no Me Too movement. There was, you know, the first person that openly spoke about it was Oprah. And I was 12 years old when that happened. And that was the first time that I felt not so alone or not that there was something wrong with me, that there was someone in this public eye that was sharing it. And she actually gave me hope and inspiration that it was possible to become this success and this inspiring person. And she was actually, and I say this wherever I can, she was that inspiration for me to keep going and to keep showing up. Um, but so, yeah, so it was, it was a one-time event. Uh, from a stranger that happened by a stranger. And what that day specifically taught me, and of course I didn't know it at the time, but looking back at it, I learned that my voice had the power to help people mm. and to harm people mm. because they found out that he had done this to other girls. So I was told at that young age that I was a hero, that I had stopped him. And of course at that age, I didn't feel like a hero. I just felt scared and I felt alone. And I felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, but I knew that I had stopped him from doing it, but I also knew that I had put someone in jail. Mm -hmm. And so I had to wrestle with that voice and finding my own power for decades and being that people pleaser, you know, showing up for other people, wanting to be the kind and nice person and not, you know, and feeling guilty about everything because of the way that I was made to feel. Anyway, <laughs> with uh, the basically the long story short is that I disconnected with myself at that age at seven years old. And it wasn't until many years later, and I write about it in my book, and it's not a plug for my book, but it's in detail in my book. Oh, about, no, plug away. <laughs> <laughs> about, Please. Yeah, in Sedona, coming face to face with my seven year old self, mm. who showed back up on the top of a vortex to reconnect with me and I wasn't ready. And after a big breakup, uh, I ended up doing the whole eat, pray, love thing and took off to Italy for a summer. And on one of my last days in that church, when it was nothing to do with religion or anything, but I was standing in a church and I heard the voice, a voice that said, you weren't supposed to leave her. You were supposed to love her. And that meant about my seven-year-old self. And so I then took that journey of coming back to myself and reconnecting and finding who I was and what I loved. And in that journey is where I found my joy. I just have chills the way you told that. I There's so much there. Um, and thank you for sharing because I... I mean, I think so many, I, I mean, everyone has experienced trauma in some mm -hmm. aspect of their life. And, and what I'm curious about is that, I mean, there, obviously there was like a dark place that you were in, you know, and it's hard to crawl out of that. And I know a lot of times, like I'll talk to people and say, well, that's great for her. You know, like she was able to 
do the eat, pray, love thing and, <laughs> and come out of it somehow. But like, what, what was it that really helped you get out of that dark place? Because you could fall victim to something like that. It, it, you know, there's almost like a fork in the road that, you, that could happen to people. Oh, yeah. Um, so absolutely true. And I do want to clarify that I couldn't do that eat, pray, love. Like I literally sold my life to do that, by the way. Like I sold all my belongings. I raised money. I did like the whole thing. I was set to do that. And and I just wanted to share that because I would have been the same person that would have been like, well, it's nice to go and do that. But like when you are, when you are determined, you will find a way to do anything. And I, at that breaking point in my life, because this was the guy I was going to be married to, I, at that moment said, I am going to go do that thing that I've always dreamed about doing, which was sitting in sidewalk cafes in Italy and writing my book and drinking wine and espresso and doing the whole thing. So, um, that doesn't answer that question, but I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this, that's a good buildup. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so for me, it was a very dark place. And what that looked like for me was toxic relationships with, uh, with others, toxic relationship with my body. I was very, I was severely obese. Um, I ate when well, you were talking about your clients in the beginning and about pushing everything down. I pushed every emotion down, anything that wanted to come up, I pushed right back down. I was also very determined, though, at a young age to not be a victim. And so I, tr I I kept hearing that word and I was like, I am not going to be that person. And so I took every step possible to not be that. But that also included not facing the trauma and not facing my emotions um, and eating them and hanging out with lots of men mm. and trying to get love that way. And so there isn't an easy answer for anyone, Kimmy. Like there isn't that mm -hmm. one step, but what I continually did was try to grow each day and every day try to get more in touch with myself and go, okay, that does not feel good. It literally came down to on certain days, like, does this feel good? Meaning mm. does the, the way the person's talking to me feel good? Does putting this in your body feel good? There was always that check-in and that self-awareness and self-forgiveness and self-compassion. And all of that led to just every day getting a little bit further and a little bit further until it's like you turn that corner one day and you find yourself with a smile that you weren't expecting there. And it is a journey. And that's why I named my book, Love Yourself Happy, A Journey Back to You. That is, that's really nice. And you and I were talking off air just now about like, really it's the joy within, you know, it's like so many times, especially when you're going through something like that, it's easy to try to get that outside validation or that outside happiness, but it, that, that never really is fulfilling, you know, it's like an empty vessel that just, yep. you know, and so what's impressive and what you're saying, and I, I do think that's true. I mean, first having the awareness that's that it. you're doing it. I mean, because so many times, like my client, I talked about, like you're just numbing out, you're going through the motions, thinking that you're doing something, but you're not really feeling it. And for you to allow yourself to be aware, then feel it and say, ooh, I don't like this, and then do something about it. Like, I think those steps are so huge because- if you don't do, if you miss any of those steps, you're not being authentically you. Yeah. 
and and it and it's hard honestly like to lay out the exact path for everybody but it does absolutely start with the awareness you know what like i don't feel good i don't like the, the what my life looks like right now i'm not happy in this place and being able to admit that to yourself and know that it doesn't mean that it's a sentence to a life of unhappiness it just means oh okay i have the awareness of that so now that i know I can do something about it. There was a turning point that was one of these nights I was dating a lot. Um, like, Oh yeah. I want to hear about this, this, this dating <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You mentioned that. I'm like, Ooh, save it for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I've been engaged twice in my life, once to my high school sweetheart. Um, and he, I found out he had been unfaithful to me about six months after he proposed to me. So in my, and and we were young, it was like my junior year of college or sophomore year of college, but that like, that broke me. I mean, because for me, he was the first person in high school that I had felt safe with since I was a young girl. And so I had opened Mm -hmm. up to him. He was like that just that 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 safe place for me. And so when that happened, it was as if like everything had fallen apart and I was like left in the middle of the ocean with like, you know, by myself, just, it was, it was empty. Anyway, um, I shut down and so I couldn't date. I, I was, but I was trying to find love, you know, via physical stuff with men and I ended up being, I said this to you before, like single for, and I say this 5,673 days. It didn't mean that I didn't go on dates. I was like online dating when online dating was first coming out. And I was going on five dates a week. Um, It was also after I had lost a lot of weight. So I was feeling really confident in myself. And so I was like, well, I'm going to see what this new life looks like with dating and I always say, like, I could have written a coffee table book on some of these dates because I ended up with, like, the stories. You know, you got the guy and he comes back to my place and he's trying on my clothes. Oh. Like, I, <laughs> I had every kind of guy that you can, like, imagine. Um, but it was, but I always chose the men ultimately that I that I wanted to pursue were the ones that were just emotionally unavailable. Mm. And always, like, wanted to spend time with me as a friend but couldn't commit. And it was, you know, that safe place. Anyway, that long story, one night I was hanging out with my male best friend and I just said, I don't understand why all of these men keep treating me like this and what's wrong with me. And he looked at me straight in the eyes and we had had some drinks. And so it was like one of those sloppy conversations, but I remembered it though. And he said, Sherry, what kind of woman do you see yourself as? And I just like rattled off, well, she's confident And she loves herself and she doesn't take like all this stuff. And he looked at me and he said, so be her. And so as an actress at that time, I was like, oh, well, I think I can do that. And so the guy that I was currently seeing who was not treating me well, that first day that I got a text from him, which was the next day, I said to myself, what would a confident, self-loving woman do right now? And the answer was, I wouldn't text him back. And so I started with that one little step. And then that one thing that felt good when I did that turned into another, into another, until my life started changing. That's fantastic. Really what you were doing was dating yourself, right? Like you were, you were learning as you 
as you went through these different dates, you know, and the different things that you wanted, which is so great. And I love how you kind of reverse engineered it where you're like, oh, well, when I give too much, I'm kind of getting these like takers and toxic people. And when I pull back and be in receiving mode, oh, I'm getting a little bit healthier interactions. And I think that's just it. And, and with that, did you find that you were having more joy with the dating? Oh yeah. Because yeah. I was, you know, because I was respecting myself. Yeah. I was making choices for myself. And the more that that part of me showed up and felt good about myself, it allowed me to appreciate myself, have more fun, make better choices, go out with people who, you know, were lighter and brighter, all of that. Cause you were lighter and brighter. Yes. Yeah. I was <laughs> attracting exactly who I am and what, and like, and I think that joy comes from, I don't think I know this, joy comes from the full expression of ourselves. So the mm. part of us that's not dimmed, the part of us that shows up authentically and as ourselves and isn't trying to please or trying to show up for somebody else, but is literally standing in our truth and our power and our confidence and stands there and says, this is me, love me or leave me, but I'm going to be me. And in that we allow ourselves, that's why kids are so filled with joy because they haven't been dimmed by the world yet. And that's who we return back to when we allow ourselves to be ourselves. I say that all the time. Like kids are the best, aren't they? Yes. Like when I teach flirting, I, I I talk about that. It's like, just watch kids. Yeah, they're the best flirts because they're so present. They're not in their head. They haven't developed filters yet. And they're just, just playing. I I remember I was walking the other day and there was this kid about four years old and he was running towards me and he goes, I'm running. <laughs> like, it's this thing. I'm like, why did we stop that? Like, why can't we walk into a social event or place and say, I'm having a drink and I'm having fun. You know, yeah. like, it's just that. Yes. The freedom, the freedom, the freedom. Yeah. without worrying what anybody like fitting in right. I know. Like, and you say it, like, I just spent recently time with kids and this little girl comes up to me and she's like, I found this stone. Do you know that you can get it on Amazon for $165? And I found it. And she was like, and it's me. And she started like, and it was just the most random and it was the most joyful. Like, I was like, oh my God, I love you. Like, I love children. Like, this is who, you know, and there, there's none of the filter. Like you said, yeah. there's no filter. And it's and that's where joy is. Well, joy and attraction, quite honestly. Like I believe that chemistry gets created from the joy. Mm. Well, I was curious, are there certain tips that you give people on how to have more joy in their life? Oh, yeah. Well, well, first always is for self-kindness. Like that's number one, because we are often not well, yeah, often we are so hard on ourselves. We are judgmental towards ourselves. We always think that we need to be somewhere else than where we are. And so I always say, start with that positive, that positive self-talk. Um, because when you set up that loving space within, then you are more resilient than when those challenging, darker, harder times come, you get to be more buoyant. You bounce back because you have that soft landing pad. So kindness to yourself is definitely a place for more joy. Um, connection to self. So I call these, they're my five sparks. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, my five sparks. And when you connect to them, when you plug into them, that's where joy lives. So it's connection to ourself. It's connection to others. It's connection to our creativity, to meaning and purpose and to the planet. So nature. Mm -hmm. And so 
if people connect to these daily, even if it's just one, but that's where joy thrives. It is enlivened. It wakes up. Um, And they've even done research that says that joy is found. Joy exists in the connection to things that are important. And I like to think that we are important. I love that. Can you give an example of just because Mm-hmm. I'm so about the how-to. Yeah. Like what, with one of the sparks, like what what is one way that they could achieve that? Yeah. So so connection for me, like is self, self is most important, as right. I said. So that can look like meditation for some people. For me, that looks like taking walks in nature, which mm. is a two of my sparks because it's being out in nature, which of course creates a sense of awe. It keeps us from ruminating in the back of our heads. Like it opens up that space. So we are allowing more to flow to us. And also I have that, my monkey mind shuts down when I'm walking. Um, And so I'm able to just be fully present. And I always say joy lives in the presence of now, always. So that's connection to self. And, and you could do it through dance. You can have it through mm-hmm. dance. Like whenever you just feel fully connected to yourself, that's a way. Connecting to others. So for me, that really looks like making sure that, you know, I am reaching out to somebody or in conversation, I'm fully listening to somebody, being fully present with them. Because when you're fully present with someone, there is that magic and that chemistry that happens and that enlivens us. Meaning and purpose, loving what you do every day or finding the why underneath it. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways and I know we're on limited time. So those are a few examples of practical things that you can do every day to create more joy. I love that. Well, and obviously people should get your book to find out more. (laughs) (laughs) There might be some tips in there. (laughs) You know, a little little teaser right there. But no, I mean, this is, and I don't think people pay enough attention to play and joy as part of being fulfilled in your dating life, just everything and every aspect of your life, your work life, that kind of thing. So it was funny, there was a study done and it, they, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but the research showed that the number one thing that people look for in a potential partner is somebody who has like happiness and fun. Like it's yeah. that like kind of, you know, yeah. attraction piece. Cause like to your point about the kids, like that we're all kids, you know, yeah. by nature. <laughs> I mean, bodies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just kind of, things happened, you know, to us where we, we shut that part of us down. So I just, I love that you're focused on this and that you're helping so many people bring joy to their lives. So I can go on and on with you. And in fact, I know I'm going to have you on my dating IRL show. So for those of you listening, stay tuned for that. Cause there's just so much more to talk about. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. Like maybe, is there any kind of parting words of wisdom that you want to share and also where people can find you in your book? Words of wisdom. Um, Yes, there is. I would say that acceptance, allowing yourself to accept where you are in this moment without any resistance to it will open up a space for more joy because we're always trying to be somewhere else. We're always wanting something else. We always think we should have something else or be further ahead. 
And that is the biggest joy killer of them all. But when you're able to sit in this moment and go, I have enough, I am enough, I'm doing enough, joy will rise. SherryElise.com is the best place that they could find me and all my socials are on there. I'd love for you. I I do fun videos every day on TikTok and Instagram. Um, So those are my socials of choice. Awesome. Yes. Everyone check her out. She's amazing. Sherry, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So excited. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you're not feeling a spark of joy or flirtiness in your life, I actually have two new upcoming opportunities for you. First, join me May 23rd for my next co-ed interactive workshop. It's called Flirting Made Easy, where you will learn to unleash your natural charm and charisma. And hey, this is not your typical workshop because let's face it, if you are going to be in another dull talking head Zoom meeting, I'm sure you're you're probably over that by now. Um, And I know you're busy. I've cut out a lot of the fluff and really focus on the most effective flirting techniques. So you'll leave the workshop inspired, confident, and ready to navigate the dating world with a fun, positive attitude. Everyone who takes my workshops, they all say that, that they get this kind of renewed energy afterwards. So click the link you see in the show notes and register, but hurry, these spots do tend to go quick. Now, the other thing that I wanted to let you know is that I have a... Another co-ed dating retreat program coming up, and it starts in June and meets in July. It's called Dating Reimagined, and it's going to be here in Southern California right on the beach. If you are interested, definitely contact me and just go to askkimmy.com, askkimmy.com, and inquire about it. We can hop on the phone and see if it's a fit. I actually am almost half full already, and I'm just announcing it. So these spots are going fast. Let's chat sooner than later. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.